Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As usual, life could be a little bit dark, life could be a little bit miserable, so we're here to be you a little bit of light and a little bit of joy. Hi Bradley, and I'm feeling particularly ADHD today, so I do apologise to my partner for this week and every week, Stu. How you doing, Stu? Well, I've got my lasso ready to to reel you in if it gets a little bit crazy, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, we, we try. Yes, and Stu's under strict instructions that if I start going off about Bellatro this week, he's allowed to he's allowed to slap me. He's allowed to sh- shut me down uh, because I love that game so much. Yeah, I've got a drone strike ready just in case. Yes, yes, you got you've got you've got to save me. Talking of drone strikes, I don't know anything about drone strikes, but it seems weird. There's been nothing overly controversial this week. Maybe. I don't know. I've kind of not been watching the news because Liverpool won the League Cup with children in their team. So it's been like a fun week in football. Um, And I've kind of like, everything's been sort of like enjoyable. And I've kind of not really taken much notice of what's going on in the world. So do you want to bring me back down to Earth, Joe? Or has it been quite a calm week in the world of horror? I actually, I keep away from the news as much as I possibly can. (laughs) I kind of get everything third hand, people telling me things. I've probably got like completely skewed opinions. Um, The only... The only thing that I've kept track of a little bit is Donald Trump's continuing fall, which is great. Mm. I mean... Yeah, he's still number one for president, which is weird. I know, I know. I'm classing it as good, even though that he might get in and just completely exonerate himself. At the moment, I'm calling it all good because he's on his way down the the path of complete and utter bankruptcy. So, you know, two thumbs up and a yay from me for that. See, me and him are quite similar in that way. Like, I've got a DRO on the go because I've been poor with money and he's going for bankruptcy. Um, so, you know, me and Trump are very similar. Oh, but, yeah, practically no. identical. And I'm always grabbing women, always, you know. It's just it's just the way I am. I can't help myself. <laughs> it's a compulsion, yeah. No. Um, on the more positive side of things, uh, to move on, right? Just this is, this, is where, this is where I've been this week. I've, I said the football, that's great. Edith's loving life. It's all great. But on TikTok, I found a TikToker, a TikToker, TikToker called Bap Cat, who takes Cards Against Humanity cards... Reads them out and has a selection laid on the floor for his cat to choose the answer from. It's so good. It's so wholesome. It's brilliant. Um, like he, he literally asks the question. Like sometimes he uses the cards. He asks it and the cat pounces on one of the cards that he's got laid down and he reads out the answer. Um, and some of the choices are brilliant. But also what he does, he gets other people just to send in questions and he has the uh, Cards Against Humanity answer cards down for the cat to choose. Um and yeah it's brilliant it's like sort of like my girlfriend wants to know um you know what's a good thing to have for our third valentine's day together the cat pouts on it and it comes up with syphilis Um, (laughs) do you know that's exactly what a cat would pick if they know if they were conscious and the um you know we've been together well what what can we do to spice things up what can we bring into the bedroom to spice things up bounces on it dead babies i was just like (laughs) this is brilliant content that is damn good content this should be the news Oh, it'd cheer you up, wouldn't it? It is. And I love I love people who find a little niche like that and just go for it. I'm all for it. I love it. It's the same as I love um you've have you heard of Zoe Bread? No, I don't think so. Oh Zoe Bread, she's um I don't know 
where she's from in the UK, but she's basically this anonymous woman, um, probably like late 20s, early 30s, maybe, but completely anonymous. No one knows her face. She makes her own little like weird T-shirts and she basically just goes about being a pest, like in the <sighs> nicest possible way. Yes, I know her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she wears hilarious. like to hide herself. She wears like a bread mask. That's right. Yeah. Um, again, totally wholesome. She's found a little niche for herself. Totally wholesome content, and I love it. Absolutely love it because it's the antithesis to Joey Barton, who had a rant this last week. And this is how off the deep end he's going. Like these, all these right wing commentators or whatever they want to call themselves, they start off and they say things when they first start, which sounds you kind of like you have to go. Uh, no, no, what are you talking about? When you actually think about it logically, you're an idiot. But I get, oh, you're clever with your wording of that. And then they go off the deep end. Right. So first of all, he's been going on about our women commentators and how the games aren't the same. It's like men's sports better because it's faster. It's stronger. But I'm like, you kind of go, well, yes, technically you're right. The men's game is more advanced than the women's, but that's because of historical, um, like, way, like, getting rid of women, essentially, and the way women's roles were in the past and the way they were treated and weren't allowed to be good at things like that. So that's why there's this, like, this massive gap. But you're wording it in such a way that you're being sneaky. You're like, OK, Joe, Joe Rogan does it. Uh, who's the um, other knobhead who sounds like the one off the one show? Um, Alex Jones. Um, no, not, not the Welsh Alex Jones, who's apparently lovely. But anyway, they all do it and they stuff and then they go off the deep end. And his latest one is they've got women in FIFA Ultimate Team who are rated higher than some men. Uh, that distorts reality. It's a video game, Joey, you stupid prick. Yeah. Oh, what fun. It's no. a video game. And he's like, he's naming some random from Bolton. Like, no offence to the random guy who plays for Bolton. Uh, I don't know who he is. He's going, well, he gets a 62 on the rating and Beth Me gets an 87. This is not fair because the guy oh, shut up, you knob. It's a made-up game. What a prick. I mean, you know. And you're like, oh. you should go, even the people who kind of support the guy, Joey. You're a knobhead, mate, now. Um, yeah, but he's a prick. I just want his point. I, this is the Joey Barton's a prick podcast. He's, he's got his common sense podcast, which is ironically named. Um, so we are the Joey Barton's a prick podcast. Yeah, well, he totally is. So that's a fair, <laughs> fair thing to rename us. Um, that could be the title. You, you could starve out the bit at the end, but that, that might get us some hits. You never know. Joey Barton's a prick. Um, if I say it enough, the SEO will catch up on it and everything could, will be rolling in the monies because that's what you've got to do, isn't it? That's how you get the monies coming in. You've got to be, a, you've got to be controversial. Oh, yeah. We're all slaves to the SEO god. Oh, completely. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know how that works. I just type in, like, when I do my indie round, my SEO is just like, the word indie, and I'll just make sure I put the word indie in my little description thing. There you go. That'll do. I don't think that's right, because I keep getting emails from people going, hey, your ranking on Google's not very good. I was like, well, whatever, I don't care. I have no idea what, what it's all about. I'm no. useless. Your podcast on, you've put your podcast on YouTube, but you don't get many views on YouTube, and we could help you get views by doing it. I don't care. <laughs> it means effort. No, no, I can't be asked. It's just like, sod it, you know. We can be... give you our five point plateau. Yeah. It's more than one point. I've gone, you've lost me. Uh, absolutely. Talking of points and losing them. Yes. It's not even football. Um, and video games sometimes have a point, Stu. They do. Occasionally. No, but occasionally. 
Uh, what have you been playing? Well, Emily, Emily, you got. I didn't even ask you before we started. Emily, you got this week. Just the one this week, Mrs. Well, it's me first then. Yes. <laughs> it's on. about time what? you shut up, Stu, and let me get in there. <laughs> Bloody hell! Go on. What have you been playing this week? Oh God, I don't know what's up with my ADHD this week. I've been playing. Like, first of all, I've been playing Dice Folk. Dice Folk. F O L K. Folk. 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 Dice Folk. 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 Dice folk. There we go. Like right, yoke, okay. but with an F. Yoke. Yoke. See, no, I've got words like that. I just can't get my head around. <laughs> the steering device. Not not the thing from an egg. <laughs> yoke. Yoke. No, see, I can't. Because I, I say, like, um, one, like it, it pisses low off. I can't say the word, the name, Carl. 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 Yeah, I can't say that name properly. What is it? Are you trying to say? How is it spelled? C A R L. Oh, Carl! <laughs> right. Yeah. And it bugs up. Like, I can't say that that, that properly. There's like, like loads of words I just can't say properly. And I've done this because <laughs> my head's so busy. And I've now just found out that folk is one of them as well. Folk, 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 folk. Dice. <laughs> but anyway, have you played dice folk? Uh, folk, folk, whatever it is, right? You can work that out, okay? Yeah. It's spelled D-I-S-C-E-F-O-L-K. Look it up on Steam. It's really good. Cool. Um, basically, you'll never guess this. It's about, like, dice, essentially. Um, you go through an adventure um, and you come up against these monsters, these 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 RPG-style battles, um, and you battle them by throwing your dice or getting your dice, rolling your dice, selecting what your dice do, and attacking, defending, upgrading, buffing, debuffing, all the little bits you get in RPGs. Um, except what's the nice little twist with this? Is you get two playfields, essentially. You get a playfield on the left, the... Um, position the enemy get a play field on the right and your play field's like a, a spinning circle um so you have like three characters on each side um and like you could like attack from the front um but you could also get dice that allow you to spin the circle so a different character goes to the front um and then but you've got different characters who use range combat and stuff like that and can attack over the first person you have to kind of get the balance right so you might have you're playing against the boss you want to do all the damage to the boss, but he keeps moving to the back and putting like one of his little minion things in front of you. Um, so you've got to then try and go through them or spin him and do it. But what's, this is what I really like about this and what's really clever. The enemy don't decide the moves they make. You decide the move the enemy makes based on the dice they roll. So you might roll an attack dice, a move dice and a buff dice. The enemy might uh, might do a um, a a waiting dice, um, a attack dice, and a move dice. So you could like plan right. Do I want my enemy to get their attack out of the way, or one of my ones who have got more health, and then I spin mine to attack the boss, or do I get one of their mid? Do I spin them to get one of their minions to do a smaller attack, and then I can take them out? And you have to balance the dice for both sides, and it's a really interesting concept because the more you buff, the more better dice you get, the more you upgrade the more the enemies also upgrade. And it's got this... Um, it's a roguelike deck builder, and I know you're not a big fan of the roguelike deck builders. Um, 
but it's like again it's right up my alley and the mechanics of it I first started playing I was like I don't know I'm not sure it feels a bit complicated but I've done like after I've done about two three runs in it I, I've started to really get the mechanics um, and it's one of those where I can't say oh I've played this game before and it's just another one of them it's its own thing which is why I'm having to learn a lot with it and I'm having to sort of go alright this is what I do this is what differentiates it from a Slade Aspire um, from the game that shall not be mentioned etc 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 um, and I, I just really taken to it um, but there's still something about it that stops it being a I've got to play this right now. Um, and I know I won't mention it. And, I'm say, and I really just honestly don't know if it's because I've got Bellatro on the go and that is my go-to game at the moment. And they are both of the same genre technically. And whether it's too much for me to do. So I've put a few hours into it and I'm enjoying it. I think it's really good, but I've had to backburn of it because I don't think I'm going to enjoy I don't think I'll get the enjoyment of it yet until I'm completely worn out of the other one. So this is in my... my I've got a, like a list on uh, Steam of games I 100% absolutely must come back to. Um, and I just think, honestly, this is so unfortunate. This has come out at the wrong time. Um, it's like when like Titanfall came out the same time as Call of Duty and Battlefield. It's got no chance, unfortunately, but it's really good. Yeah, or Sonic Superstars coming out at the same time as Super Mario Wonder, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. unfortunate when these things tramp on each other's sails. But yeah, no, I mean, hopefully it's got a longer tail because uh, it sounds like it's pretty decent. But yeah, you wouldn't want to have both of the two on the go. I mean, I don't know if, what you're like, but I... I tend to have if I have a couple of games on the go they tend to be pretty much diametric opposites like a you know a racing game and a and a strategy game or so you know action strategy but uh you know yeah no I, I can't do the two two at once really anymore no and they're, they're both enjoyable and I did like one evening spend like a couple of hours on one and a couple of hours on the other and I did enjoy it but I at the end I just felt a bit I could have spent all that time on one of them and the one I wanted to play, okay, this is no fault to Dice Folk, is the other one. I wanted to play Balatro because it's just that good. I mean, we're talking a 10 out of 10. I, I, I said last week for the first time, perfect game. And something that's an 8, 9 out of 10, which is still bloody fantastic. But you get the really nice steak or the... Uh, the pretty good steak. You're going to take the really nice steak every time, unfortunately. Uh, but give it a couple of weeks, and if it has, I'd still try the pretty good steak. Like, not that one, because obviously it had gone off if it sat there on your plate. But if I went back to a restaurant and, went, and they went, oh, we're only serving the pretty good steak, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Give it to me. I'm all for it. But mm -hmm. same price. You've got the really good, like, the boss steak, the best steak ever. I'm having that. But yeah, it's really good is what I'm saying. It's a, it's a nice steak. It's nice folk. I get the urge to have like really crap steaks sometimes. You know, it's I know that's a very strange thing to say, but do you ever get those like desire to go to one of those really crappy chains and have a, a, a kind of really mediocre meal just because it's cheap and, and fast and a bit crappy? Or is it just it's me? Cheap. 
like Stu, I, I'm poor. <laughs> I, I'm really poor. I have two children who do activities and I come from a council estate. They, they, they're the posh restaurants for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point. <laughs> I really thought he was going to go, do you ever have the urge to go to Tesco and buy one of those steaks that looks like it's a lattice? Yeah. Oh, dear. Like, no, no, I don't. I've had one of those once and they are tough as old boots. Uh, no. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean... <laughs> Oh god, yeah, that's that did sound very culturally. Tory Stew, there. All right, Tory Stew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you ever sometimes fancy slumming it at Miller and Carter? Yeah. <laughs> oh god, no, I like that place. <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean. I do know, I do, but know what you mean. Sometimes, like you, like not a weather spoons anymore because obviously the gammon face bacon knobhead, whatever his name is, I can't remember, but he's a prick. Um, he's. Um, yeah, I don't go to those, but sometimes you fancy just like a dirty pub burger or something like that. Yeah, absolutely, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, just fancy the lowest common denominator, and yeah, I mean, I don't honestly. I could go off on this one, but uh, no, <laughs> I like doing that now and again. Uh, but there you go. I'm a bit yeah. weird. Yeah, why not? It's, no, it's fine. I like it. Like I don't look every now and again. I go. I really fancy a Mackey's, and I don't like Mackey's. Every time I eat a Mackey's, I go. I regret that. Yeah. Why? Why I, I do only, I do that to myself? I don't mind the burgers. I just, it's everything else. That, well, no, not everything else. I like the milkshakes. I can't have the milkshakes anymore, obviously, which is crippling. Oh, no, we could get onto a whole food thing. Let's not, let's stop ourselves. <laughs> I know, I mean, the way you always take us off subject, and, oh, it's just bad. My derailing is absolutely disgraceful, isn't it? Oh, I know. You've got to learn. I've been trying to teach you some restraint. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Back on track. What have you been playing? So, I've been playing a game called Penny's Big Breakaway, which... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, a 3D action platform game. Well, platform, heavy on the platform, lower on the action. And it's by the guy, Christian Whitehead, who did Sonic Mania. So it's like a good pedigree. And... As you'd pretty much expect somebody who sort of dedicated himself to doing mods and extra levels for Sega property created by Yuji Naka, he's, uh, he's rather into his old Sega games and <laughs> it's very much in that, in that mold. And it's, um, it, it's mostly like your kind of Sonic adventures in a way. But it's got a lot of... But good. But good, exactly, yeah. It's uh, it's a lot better. It's a lot more streamlined and refined than that. And it has got, obviously, Nintendo DNA in there. It's got little bits of Mario, as you'd expect. But as a 3D platformer, it's very much, yeah, in that kind of Sonic 3D mould. And, you know, how I characterise those types of games, so what the game's like, is you've got, like, a, a little move set, not very big, um, but that is quite adaptable, and you have a lot of obstacles. So it's like an obstacle course where you have areas that have full interactivity and are a little bit slower and areas that have limited interactivity and are a bit on rails. And the two can blend a little bit depending on what kind of moveset you've got. And you really see that a lot in Sonic Colors um, and mm. probably some of the others, but I'd never play them really. But I loved so Sonic Colors. I was that Very guy. Very underrated Sonic Colors. Well, yeah. Yeah, I just, it really... It's not, it's not great, but it's very underrated. Yeah, it, it just clicked with me. It really did. And it's got that sort of thing of, yeah, you, you kind of like 
traversal, the way that it keeps the pace up is by taking the control away from you sometimes. But this does that less. And the way that it does that is you have a yo-yo. That's the whole gimmick. And the, the yo-yo can help you do double jumps. It can help you like do extra sp- speed in the air. Um, it attaches to things. It can attach to items as well and, and do things with the items. And it's got that kind of flow that's pretty good. And you've also got sections where uh, enemies come after you. It's quite funny. They're like penguins and they, they swarm after you. And if they all get onto you, like they, they drag you away. So you have to kind of try and negotiate all the platforms while avoiding these, uh, these enemies trying to grab you. And there's no kind of, up until the boss fights, there's no other enemies like that. It's 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 a good way of doing it. It's quite unique, really. Uh, you're not jumping on things' heads all the time. It's basically doing an obstacle course, and yeah, so it's it's kind of good looking. It it's very very simple. It's obviously designed to be run perfectly on Switch, and then anything above that is a, is gravy. It's uh, it's got an appealing look to it. Nothing special, but you know, quite attractive. It's got some nice little game play quirks in there, um, some pickups and power-ups that are, are good fun, and the way that you use them is quite good fun, and the sections are quite well mixed up, so you just as you're getting used to, like I don't know, flipping through a grate or using a, a, a power-up to zoom up a wall vertically or this kind of a thing, or you know, traverse a skyscraper in a certain way, you'll then get something else that's completely different, and it will bring in, you know, a different type of barrier or the, the speed at which a platform's moving and it'll it'll keep the balance moving the only problem i've got with it because all of that is good and it's got some really clever ideas the, the balancing is a little bit off and only in parts and not always so it's got bits where i would say the, the main problem is when you're moving from one of the kind of open plat- regular platformy sections to the on rails bits it sometimes asks you to, you know, leap between them or disconnect or, you know, press a button at a certain time. And those can be a bit clunky. They're not very smooth. So obviously you've got Mario, which is like a sandpit and everything in it is absolutely perfectly balanced. And if you don't make a jump, it's because of you. And you've got Sonic Adventure where there's a lot of it on rails and sometimes you fly through the scenery. And Penny's big breakaway's kind of in the middle of that. Um, it's not bugged. But design-wise, there are a couple of things that aren't as smooth as they could be. I think, to sum it up, really, it's it's a really good, fun adventure platformer with a few niggly issues, but nothing that stops it being a kind of a good purchase, I'd say. Yeah, it's one of those on my wish list. Um, I, I, I hate, again, I hate going about price with stuff, but it's one of those on my wish list, and it's just the wrong side of 20 quid to make me go, do you know what? Give it a go. Yes, yeah, I, it's a it's a funny price. Um, it, it, I always find that that price point a little bit odd. Uh, I'm not quite sure why they land on it. Uh, perhaps it will be one of those that drops down. I think you know we said didn't we last week about <clears throat> introductory discounts being a good idea mm. um, because you know you're rewarding people to come early and it will bring in it will widen the pool of who will possibly you know people who are fence sitters might just go for it. Whereas you're kind of relying on the whales if you're going for, you know, whales with a WH, <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're going for that kind of a price point. And I see why they've gone for it. They're, I guess they're hoping that Christian Whitehead's name drives those sales. But I think it will see it discounted comparatively soon, to be honest. But it's a good game. 
See, that, that's an interesting thing. So for people like me and you, you hear Christian Whitehead and you're like very much, yes, all right, I'm taking notice of this game. Whether I buy it or not completely, I'm taking notice because I know who Christian Whitehead is. Your average player, I haven't got a clue who Christian Whitehead is. Um, and then you rely on going, well, he's to do with Sonic. And it's like, okay, but this doesn't look like Sonic. This isn't Sonic. Okay, well, it is, it is and it isn't. But it's when the guy did it, so you know the mechanically it's going to be set. So, you know, I, I, I think one of those, I think, I don't think it's like me. I think it's going to be a lot of people who fence it and go, not yet. But I could see it sort of maybe getting a lot of buzz the older it gets and more people pick it up whether it's in a bundle whether it's in a sale whatever because you go I tell you what a tenner I'm going to jump in I've got a tenner to play with whatever or I could afford to get that I'm going to jump in at a tenner 25 is that's a chunk of money there that is a chunk of money these days and it's just again I hate the money talk I really hate the money talk and when we're talking about so many layoffs in the industry at the moment, to be saying, oh, I don't fancy that at that price. I don't want to put someone's livelihood at risk at the same time. But they, I know that's not on me to have to do that. But yeah, it's one of those where I like the look of it. Your talk of it has me still interested, but not enough to go, I'm in. Yeah, I, I think that's fair as well. I want it... The reason I wanted to take the leap... Do, do you know, actually, the game itself, and I don't think I'm projecting onto it, the game itself is, is basically exactly as I thought it would be from seeing the tra- seeing the trailers. You know, it's one of those that you kind of like, you look at it, you know exactly what you're going to get, and it, you really do. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. I know it won't be amazing, but I know I like those kind of things. You know, I'm. I, it's got some, some DNA of like... Well, it's got DNA of all the 3D adventures, but yeah. there's some Billy Hatcher in there. You know what I mean? That's so obscure comparatively these days. Billy Hatcher in the Giant Egg came out on the GameCube. It was a Sonic Team game. It, it, it mm. really very funny to control. You're rolling an egg around, which is obviously is you know bizarre because they're not round, they're not spherical. Um, it's a very strange game, and it's got bits of that in there. So it's it's a kind of love letter to past Sega franchises with all the bad as well as the good that that brings. So it's it's a really funky, strange one, and I bought it because it's funky and strange rather than because I knew it would be another Mario. Yeah. Uh, just on one what about Penny themselves? Um, mascot material? I, I look at it, I mean... Penny, I mean, is she androgynous, is, or is it a girl in there? I mean, it's a girl's name, I, but I think it's a, I think it's sort of coded as female. Um, okay, it's not a great mascot, to be honest. I mean, I feel no. As I said, I don't look at it like you don't like you look at Sonic, you look at Mario, um, and you kind of go, they're iconic. I don't, but it's, it, Penny doesn't look iconic to me. It looks like doesn't look like that could breed a, like future games and spin-offs. And I know that should have been a be or an end all, but a mascot platformer, which is what this is, I want my mascot to be memorable. Yeah, precisely. It's in the kind of Bobsy the Bob bobcat kind of level of of design where it's you see it and you're like oh yeah it's that one but if you don't you can't really recall it very well it's not one that you'd get from a silhouette like you could with mario or sonic you know yeah exactly and i think that that's important when it comes to the design um now see christian whitehead had with it was the gameplay rather than the design of Sonic, I believe. Um, so you can almost tell that just by looking at the trailers. Like, well, obviously, you you say you've played the game, but you can look at the trailers and go, if the most iconic thing about your character is they're tall, then 
yeah maybe the character design's not the best uh, but at the same time I, I look at the gameplay and i go this is definitely one i've got to try at some point because it looks fun yeah, I, I would recommend having a go at it at some point. I also, rec- you know, on the on the subject of marketing, I think the the name of the game is pretty weak as well. You know, it's like when I saw it, I was like, Breakaway? Why Breakaway? I thought it's got to be something to do with yo-yo. So I googled it, and yeah, it's, it's a yo-yo move, the Breakaway. But apart from that, and it doesn't scan very well. You know, having an apostrophe no. in a title for a start isn't great generally. And, you know, Penny's big breakaway, it doesn't really work for me. It doesn't say anything about what it is. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a disappointment. But I reckon that hopefully it will pick up enough sales and, and they'll get to do a lot more like this. Because one of the things that's really impressive is the height of the levels. You know, there's some great verticality in it. Some stuff that, you know, like Sonic makes you get that kind of head rush vertigo feeling of, oh my God, we're going way beho- <laughs> above the kind of the level of the screen, which has become a bit of a, yeah. you know, that's become a bit of a, a unique point in the last few years because there's so few games that actually bother to do it. Everything's corridors. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's it's got really clever stuff in it. So I'm really hoping it does well. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um Fingers crossed for, for, for Christian because again I think one of the good one of the good guys um, in the industry as well for so far um, just in case that comes back to haunt us in many many years or whatever <laughs> yeah. seems to be one of the good guys in the industry and I say he's made the best Sonic game since the original trilogy so you know good luck hope it does well and maybe develops further um, and yeah. we see Yo Yo in another game yeah absolutely maybe not Penny but Yo Yo definitely <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on uh, the other game I've been playing this week um, I was nearly writing about I was going to put it in my um, my indie um, round up and then I realised oh bugger it's not an actual indie uh, because it's from Focus Entertainment and Sabre Interactive and it's Expeditions a Mudrunner game um, you heard the Mudrunner series Stu Mudrunner Snowrunner I've heard of them yeah I've not played them but heard of them Basically, Mudrunner and Snowrunner, you get these... um, I said basically way too many times there. Um, You get these vehicles, trucks generally, and you basically drive them... I said it again. I can't get it out of my head. You drive them across various terrain, whether it be like snowy terrain in Snowrunner, American American Outback, um, American Mudlands in, in, across America, um, increasingly more difficult terrain that you've got to get through and basically do delivery jobs, essentially. That's all the games are, except the fun is in the, the navigation and the driving and the difficulty with your driving and managing your, your, your vehicle and making sure it doesn't get damaged. And, and, like, in the snow runners, these bits where you might have one vehicle that you can't get past a certain area, so you have to go back, get another vehicle to bring it round, and then tow it through because that first vehicle hasn't got the power to get through, but you, you can get one that does. And it's got all these lovely, brilliant elements to it, and it's a game I, I can lose hours in. Expeditions, a Mudrunner game, is technically the third, maybe fourth in the series, but the third mainline in the series. And it's got all the same trappings in there. So you're basically needed to go in and do your jobs, do your deliveries, tough terrain. You get a drone to go and check things out, loads of different types of missions and everything. And the core mechanics of the game, the core driving, are all still there and still really, really, really fun. Um, But, but, 
it feels like it's been designed in a way for a season pass. Um, so there is a, like a year one edition and a, a supreme edition, which gives you like different packs um, and so on. Um, and they're talking already. I think in some of the materials, there's like about um, uh, like a year one, year two DLC and, uh, and stuff. And it's like, don't, do that on first launch of your game. Um, put, release your game, all the content, and then if it goes well, then start going, I tell you what, each year we're going to add more stuff. Do that. Uh, I've been playing No Man's Sky, which has done that initially the wrong way, but it's now done it the right way. It got the proper game out there, made sure the game was worked, and then started adding to it. Uh, now they've done loads of free updates um, whether that's through obligation because of how badly it launched I don't know but they continually add you get these these seasonal expeditions that you do um, and you know each one lasts for about five six weeks and they're brilliant to do and that feels like that model feels like that would be perfect for a game like this whereas I feel like I'm playing it but I'm going to get to a point this is going to go right now buy this other stuff and that kind of puts me off wanting to go too deep into it, which is a shame because, I say, mechanically, the uh, it's sound, the driving sound, the visually, it's lovely. The vistas you get to see when you pull up places are outstanding. I think it's actually got more character than the original Mudrunner game. I think it's definitely on a par with SnowRunner, which is absolutely sublime as a game. But I can't shake that feeling of... This is a game designed to sell me stuff in its structure. Mm. And that, that's, oh, that hurts because it's a game I have really high expectations for. Yeah, it's it's funny how these things can can impinge like that. Uh, it's weird. It, it, it's a cult, I think there's a cultural difference as well between, you know, depending on how old you are. I think if you've grown up with this sort of stuff, it's it's much easier to accept and not be put off by it. I would guess, you know. I mean, you know, I'm I'm old. I can't actually speak out of <laughs> out of direct knowledge because, you know, obviously, my mine and your entire, you know, life growing up was you pay for something, it belongs to you, and it that's the content. And if the content's weak, you don't buy from that person again. You know, if it's great, then they've got a good reputation and they build their brand around that. And yeah. we're in a totally different world now where you can be just left prepended on this hook, just waiting for some stuff to actually fix a problem or improve something or add additional content that should have been in in the first place. And your tolerance for that, I think if if you're particularly, you're kind of my age and you've seen all these things come and go, is very, very low. So I can imagine it being a very off-putting situation, yeah. And the frustrating thing is, like the game's released at 35 quid, which is... Half the price of most AAA games are that now. Um, so we're getting a good price for your base game. And from what I've played and what it looks like there's content-wise in there, um, I've not got to the end yet, but what content there is and I've got access to, that 35 quid price point for what I'm getting there, spot on. Absolutely spot on. But right? if you want to do an expansion later... Do it, it's fine, right? But that 35 quid for that is absolutely bob on. But you've got to pay 
55 quid for a year one edition, which gets you all the year one DLC, which is generally just more trucks and stuff like that. Or 60 quid for a Supreme edition, which gives you, again, just like literally, the only thing that gives you is something called a Pioneer pack, which I think is just some more extra trucks again. Um, I'm not a big fan of expansions just being extra trucks. Um, No. For me, you want to do an expansion, give me new missions. That's an expansion to me, um, not just new skins, essentially. Oh yeah. Um, and but say thirty-five quid for the base game is, and you do get like in terms of it, you get good content for that game to actually play, and that's fine. Do do expeditions too at thirty-five quid, or do you know expeditions Australia? As an expansion, um, the way like The Sims and stuff like, like World of Warcraft, you do, that's a great way of doing the expansions. Charge me another 15 quid for an expansion that's got all the content. Chuck a load of trucks in there. Chuck a load of missions. Chuck, chuck a new area in there. That's what an expansion should be. That's what a Gipper Pass should give you. Not just extra trucks, because at the end of the day, whenever I've played a game like this, I generally go, this is my favourite vehicle. I'm going to stick with this vehicle. Um, and then I go, I don't know if I want to try these new ones because I like this one and it might feel sad if I leave it. I know it's an inanimate object. It's a car, a digital car, but that, but I get attached to it and it's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to leave it. So I'm not going to try all the new stuff. Now, maybe that's just me, but it's just kind of, I get it in Fortnite. I get it in Valorant and all games. Like, I don't get it in something like this. I really, really don't. Um, and it's a shame that I'm going off about that because the gameplay, everything about it, it's such a solid follow-up to SnowRunner and MudRunner that I want to recommend it. And my recommendation on this, honestly, is get the 35 quid version, ignore the rest. Yeah, no, that sounds fair to me. Yeah, I mean, if it's got the solid base content, yeah, why not invest? Yeah. But yeah, that's, that, that's about it. It's a, a good game that, oh God, I think the marketing team have got onto it. Or not the marketing, the uh, the uh, big wigs above have got to it, and unfortunately. Um, but it's a good game, and the developers have done a really, I've made, again, another good game. And I don't want to say don't buy it because I don't want to see layoffs because layoffs are fucking suck. EA are disgraceful. Sorry, right, I'm just very, very sorry. Sorry, I'm just going to very slightly touch on this. EA, right, they had Spider-Man, not EA, they suck, obviously, Sony. They had Insomniac, who made Spider-Man 2, which became their fastest-selling game, I think, of all time, or something along those lines. It made ridiculous numbers, and they've laid off their staff. What? What can you do? If If you're a developer, you want to get a job in the games industry... What can you actually do? You, like you, most jobs, if you're good at your job, you get rewarded. You get progression. Not the video games industry. You do well at your job. No matter how well you do, someone's just going to go, oh, yeah, but we've got to continue making more profits. So off you go. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I know. It's, it's this thing of, you know, well, there's always growth. There's always room to grow. And it's like, well, no, there isn't actually, you know. There's a certain ceiling of how well you're going to do. And those people got you to that ceiling and you should accept it and be happy with the vast amounts of money you already have. Uh, but no. You've made a billion dollars, right, as a company, right? And that's more than enough to keep your company going. And if you're making a billion dollars a year and don't grow, that's fine. That's 
absolutely fine. If someone turned around to me, Stu, and said, right, listen, your podcast, we really love the podcast, right? So we're going to pay you £100,000 a year, okay, to continue making that podcast. You get that. How you decide to divvy that money up is up to you. So I go, right, I'll tell you what, Stu, 50 grand for me, 50 grand for you. That's that nice and split. I'm happy with that for the year. I thought they'd go, right, I tell you what, Stu, I'm going to lay you off next week because um, because next year I want all that money's. Because it's just, what what goes through someone's head that goes, oh, this isn't enough money to live off, right, or whatever. I might be completely wrong with 50 grand or, or, or whatever, but for me, I'm on nowhere near that. So that's 50 grand a year for me is like magic money. Right? But what what's wrong with that of going, we've hit the ceiling, everyone's comfortable, all right, the CEOs are still getting, are still getting plenty more than the people who work and actually do the jobs, right? So that's that's fine. We continue making games. If we start to see a massive drop, like that billion turns into a pound, then you know what? Yeah, fine. Do something about it. But if that billion drops to nine hundred and fifty million. <sighs> Or, or even worse with a lot of these companies, that billion only grew to 1.1 billion. Oh, that's not enough. Behave. Sort your priorities out. And none of it makes sense because that what they do, they tend, they they tend to get because they they chase the same amount of money. They ignore the standards, and of course, ignoring the standards starts with getting rid of the people who made you rich in the first place. You know, it's like it's that quality of studio that got you to this point, and you're f- saying, "Oh, well, we can get rid of them, and we can have half the number of staff and still make the same money." No, you can't, because you're just, what you're thinking is you can just make you know these quality games. It's like no, you've reached there through hard work, toil, effort. You know, the teams cohering. The, you know, having that inspiration to be that good, you know, all of that sort of stuff, all the stuff you can't really buy. It's part of, you know, the human experience and they're ignoring all of that. And they'll, what they'll do is they'll produce something that's nowhere near as good. They'll make a third of the money and then it's disaster stakes. And, you know, it, that's, you know, pure disaster capitalism going on and on and on, you know. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And they get greedy. You're like, I'll bring EA back into this very, very slightly. We've, they decided they didn't want the competition, so they bought exclusively the NFL licence. Right? They bought the exclusive NFL licence, which meant 2K couldn't make the games anymore. And all of a sudden, you went from having what was like 2K5 is the best national NFL game ever released. Sony didn't like it, bought the license. Madden was decent for a little bit, but never great. And they just got worse and worse and worse and worse. More and more buggy. The lot. It just became poor. You see it with Assassin's Creed. Um, say what you want about Ubisoft, etc., etc. The first few of Assassin's Creed I found were really enjoyable. Okay, before we all knew what horrible company they were like Ubisoft but the first three Assassin's Creed were good they made cuts they done this restructured whatever Assassin's Creed Unity come out buggy mess because it seems to be the first people to go and I think gamers also don't give the respect where it's needed are to game testers and quality assurance those that go around and go actually we've played this game for 17 hours on this one level and we found these bugs these bugs these bugs get these fixed before we ship it they don't do that anymore we just deal with it after so you're losing that quality. And it's why now, for me, I, you know, I, I've stopped getting 
I still fall into trap now and again. But I won't buy a game from an EA and Activision and Ubisoft, like for various reasons. Um, I don't even know who's left from any of those, like Capcom even, um, Konami, any of them, without first going, right, what is this game actually like? Because I can't trust it. Whereas an indie, don't get me wrong, I'll jump in on an indie. I'll forgive that single developer for quality assurance not being 100% or they not fully tested it in this, like, in, in like, in, in fully tested it in the wild. I get that. Big companies, screw you, right? But honestly, I, I would honestly say, right, if you was planning on spending 70 quid on the next... I don't know what the next big game out of um, EA is, but if you was planning on spending 70 quid on their next big game, don't. Go buy three or four indies instead. Support the actual core of the games industry, the talent, the future of it, where it's all coming from. Because if you just only continue to support the AAA developers, there's going to be no industry to actually look at in years to come. And you're not going to be able to play their games because they'll shut down all the servers. Whereas you'll still be able to play Penny's Big Breakaway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a pretty parlous state, and uh, I'm I'm glad that we support the indies the way that we do. It's the most important thing. Yeah, and it's one, it's one of the reasons I started the indie roundup stuff because I like to talk about them, and it's very hard for me to shovel them all into the podcast. And like, there's ones I do want to sort of like shout out. I've, I've been playing this week, and I'm just I've got to finish the. Uh, just finish up the post to put up but a horror dystopian horror game called uh, avoid hope which is a beautiful little 2d dystopian psychological horror type thing really really good that gets the atmosphere spot on and also been playing over the past couple of weeks i've had it for about three four weeks actually corpo nation the sorting process which is a papers please-esque game about mundane work where you've got to sort things into different things but you also get that papers please thing of there's stuff going on in the background and you get requests come through and even your downtime's not your downtime and stuff like that it's a really really intense game that each game well these are the experiences and it's only a few hours long um these are the experiences i do want whereas i could go and stick you know every now and again you get a um uh cyberpunk and that nails it eventually um no man's sky you know no man's sky is indie i think a lot of people forget that no man's sky is an indie game um, and that's that's easy to forget. So it's why I'm a little bit more forgiving with it. I overpromise, Sean Murray overpromised. We're not gonna, you know, you can't get around that. But it's an indie game, um, and that they, they've made good. But every now and again, there is an outlier. But on the whole, if you want those experiences, you want the different types of emotions. Whether that be you want to be hit like gut punched, whether you want to feel good about yourself, whether you just want to have fun, blow off steam, shoot aliens in the face. You know, become a, a like start dating chibi girls or whatever you can do all that um, and you can choose the game to do that not some massive triple a we've got to tick all the boxes and end up just being a bit of nothing um and then you know that oh i might enjoy this if i enjoy it it's good i bought it but there might not be a sequel or definitely not a sequel like this because after staff are gone um so yeah, yeah. screw the corporations yeah as usual, they are the worst. Yes. And on that note, talking to screen corporations, I'm going to shut up now, Stu. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Stick it to the man. That's what I say. Always the best idea. Or the woman. Or the them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it for this week. As usual, follow all our content on the website. Check us out on YouTube. See all the videos there. Join us on Discord if you wish to chat. And until next time... Stay safe and stay sane.